Sam's Club will get your family ready to go back to school and get back to routine. You can't miss out on these incredible savings. Organic bananas, three pounds for $1.98. Get an Honest Kids Organic Juice Variety Pack 40 count for $10.98. That's just 28 cents a piece. Shop and save in club or online. Sam's Club gets your family back to school with healthy snacks. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better in the club. See club for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. It is um, Kay, and um, we have another exciting person for you to learn about. Um, Danielle Russell has been an avid lover of film since the age of 15 when she was introduced to the art of filmmaking at a summer filmmaking workshop. She founded Filmmaker Society at her high school in order to inspire other students to make their own films. It was through this club that she wrote, produced, directed, and edited the short film Ready. Danielle received her BA in Media and Communication from the Caribbean Institute of Media and Communication, Yui Mona, in Jamaica. Soon after, she began working as a producer for Reggae Entertainment Television's flagship show, Review. Danielle then went to accept a scholarship to attend Communication University of China, Beijing, where she graduated with a Master's in Fine Arts and Radio and TV, specializing in film. Danielle now lives in Kingston, Jamaica, pursuing her love of filmmaking. And my co-host today, Chris Daly, he will be doing the interview. So take it away, Chris. Thanks, Denise, and welcome, welcome, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. We want to get to know you a little before we get into your skill of filmmaking. Tell us a little about your family Jamaican roots. Okay. Um, well, I was born and raised in Jamaica. I was born in Kingston, which is the capital. But when I was about four, I moved to Manchester and lived uh-huh. with my grandparents and my aunt there for a while. And um, then I had moved back to Kingston. So I've, I've been, I mostly, I spent most of my life in Kingston. But I have a love for the country areas of, of Jamaica because I just think it's so beautiful, you know, it's so mountainous. And I my ultimate goal is to live in the country area when I, you know, get older, even though most people try to run away from it. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. That's, you know, <laughs> you want to leave the lushness of, of, our, of our landscape and live in a country jungle. So that's yeah. really great. Yeah. So um, you you went to um, you you got this bug for uh, for film at the age of fifteen. Uh, what kind of yeah. precipitated that? Well, when I was young, I never really you know I've heard stories of people saying that they've always loved film and they've been fascinated with it. That wasn't my story. The earliest memory okay. I have is. Uh, when I used to live with my grandmother, she would rent all these movies for me, like Thomas, you know, the cat, and um, and um, uh, the love story, 
you know, those classics. Um, so that's, that's as far back as I can remember. But then when I was 15, during one summer holiday, my, my cousin, Tanya Davies, she studied screenwriting. And she decided to put on a workshop in Jamaica, a six-week filmmaking workshop. So okay. it was kind of, for me, it was kind of just like a summer activity. But yeah. I went I went to the filmmaking, um, filmmaking workshop, and she taught us all about screenwriting and directing and editing and production. And it was just a whole world I had never really thought about before. And I just, I kind of fell in love with it. I actually fell in love with the sound aspects of 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 this of film, like recording the sound and, you know, ensuring levels are right and editing the sound. So I fell in love with that aspect of it really. Um so I was really I really wanted to get into sound and sound design and um foley, that kind of thing. But it it kinda ended up that I ended up in full blown film production. Um, so that's what really started it, that I realized it was a world I had never really known about before. And I, in my pursuit to to become, you know, to get into sound, I kind of just ended up right back at film in the first place. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, um, I, I, um, to, there's no, there was no film school in Jamaica when I went to university, when I went to UWE. So I went to right. Karima and did radio production because that was the closest thing ah. I could I could study which had anything to do with, you know, sound. So it was actually radio right. journalism. Um and I, I'm not really into journalism, news journalism really. I, I like it but it's not my passion. Um so when I got the opportunity to go to China and study uh study I I wanted to study sound production. They only had film production and I was like, okay, this is, I like this, because I, I love telling, telling stories. So, you know, with sound, with just sound, I kind of have to be working with other people. But if I incorporated the visual aspects of it, I could, I would, I'd be able to tell my own stories as well. And so that's kind of how I got into film, really, with this love for storytelling. Yeah. That's wonderful. But at age 15, you, when you got that first bug bite, um, you went and you started uh, in your high school uh, a group to do this stuff. Tell us a little about that. And we want to inspire some young person who may get the same bug like you did, what they can do even at that early age of 15. Okay. Well, at the, uh, that age, I didn't have any equipment. I didn't have any edits. I didn't know much about editing. Um, mm-hmm. So what I did was I kept, I well, my cousin, she she helped me to, you know, get access to cameras. Um, I would say as a young person, just kind of, you, you'd be surprised what kind of resources you have access to. You just have to okay. ask. So I wanted to... Um, so I wanted to continue filmmaking. I had no idea how to do that. Um, my sister, she suggested that I, you know, why don't I form a group of persons, that a support group, because, you know, film is not, it, you can do it solitary if you're really determined, but I really wouldn't advise that. So okay. she suggested, you know, get a group of persons who have the same interests as you and do that through a, a, a school club. 
So I did that. I went to my principal, told her what I wanted to do. It was a lot of, it was about one year of, you know, paperwork, but I managed to do it. And I'm really glad I did because just by reaching out and saying, hey, I'm interested in film, are you? I I found a couple of people who, who were also interested and it was through this group that I, I got my crew members together to make my first short film ready. So for young persons, I would say just tell people your interest and you'd be surprised who is willing to help you and also what, they'd, what they're willing to help you with. So somebody might have a camera you don't even know about, they'd be willing to lend you. Um, they're probably willing to shoot it for you. Uh, somebody probably has a location and they're like, yeah, come and shoot a movie in my house or you know, in my garden or wherever. So I would say just just talk to people about it. Let them know what you want to do, and I'm sure they'll be willing to help. That's wonderful. Let's give a shout-out to your school. What high school gave you that kind of um, empowerment? Oh, I went to Campion College in Kingston. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yay for Campion College. That's Yay, wonderful. Campion, the best high school in Jamaica. <laughs> All right. I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you you had several. I heard several people that uh, really motivated you, uh, along with your school. It was your cousin and your sister. Were there any other people that that played a major role in inspiring you to to go in this direction? Yeah, um, my 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 parents. You know, pretty much whatever I wanted to do, they just they support me, a hundred percent. Okay. Um, for example, when I had to do the when I shot my first short film, you know, they would they would give me transportation and they'd help me with the budget for it, to, you know, to provide food. Um, and they've always just been really interested in every everything I've done. So every time I edit something, okay. they're like, "Let me look at, let me see what you've done," and you know, attend all my events. Additionally, I would say my friends, because um, when I when I did the workshop. And we did. We had a premiere of our short film. I invited um, some of my friends, and they came. Um, Gabrielle Ward came, Laurie Kim Morris, Darren King. They all came, and you know they were super interested in it. Also, when I had the club, a lot of them would. Um, many of my friends they'd, they'd come and help out, and you know they'd try and help me raise money. So like um, Ninin U, Tristan Alain, Adrian Campbell. Um, yeah, they would all help. Um, additionally, I would say so. That was back then. Um, mm-hmm. Even even an actress um, for my short film, she was like a professional actress, Karen Harriot. She was a professional actress, and I just approached her and asked her, like, "Hey, can you be my short film?" Like, I wasn't able to pay her anything, and she she agreed. And I was really, I was so, I was so, I was, I was really grateful for that, you know, because I was a high school student and I wasn't able to pay her and she was able, she just, you know, acted in a film. So that as well. Also, now, the, the, there's like a group of filmmakers now called JAFTA. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're like a the new film cohort and also filmmakers who have been around for a while. They're very supportive, you know, um, they they're willing to like help you with your productions and kind of just kind of guide you. So right, they're also right. very they're also very supportive. Um, the Ministry 
of culture in Jamaica. They funded me recently to go to China to attend the first okay. Caribbean China, first Caribbean Film Festival in China. So, I mean, without their support, I would never have been able to go. So I, I think, yeah, I think right now Jamaica is just really, um, they're, they're really supportive of the film industry because I think this is the potential and mm-hmm. what we can achieve from it. So I, all those people, like, with honestly, without all that support, I probably wouldn't have been, I probably would have, like, switched to a more traditional career because filmmaking is extremely, it's, it's difficult and you need to have a strong support system. To keep to keep with in film. That's wonderful. So, for you to you know to be a great film designer, the story is a major part of the the, the possibility here. Um, yeah. How do you who in, you know how do you go about developing your storyline and is there any uh, filmmakers that were influencing your style? Mm-hmm. Well. I'm a very observant person. I would say I'm an introvert, actually. So I observe a lot. So I will observe things, and then I'll, I'll things won't make sense to me, and I'll start questioning it, and then I'll start forming stories around it. Alternatively, I will just be in a situation, and I'll just start envisioning uh, a scene happening in in that in that space, and then from that, I will then build a story around it. So I kind of work from just I kind of work from the specific to the general. So I'll find one okay. thing that I'm interested in, and then form an entire story and an entire world around it. And um, in terms of um, people who have inspired me, I mm-hmm. love um, Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. He's done. He's done. Um, He's very much into simplicity in his films. So many of okay. his um his film Dog Tone or is it Dog Baby? Um, he he just kind of uses like a, a a theater set, and so there's like there almost no props. There's no realism. Like you're literally watching just actors on a stage, and I think that's so innovative. Um, I also really like um. Hitchcock, because you know, I think the way he he does his stories, there's not a lot of action per se. I'm not really mm-hmm. into lots of lots a whole lot of action. I prefer simplicity in stories. Um, but and um, recently I watched a movie called Whiplash um, by Damien Chazelle. Um, I really enjoy that because it's also a simple story, excellent use of music. Love it. So I'm. Filmmakers who like value simplicity, I they have definitely inspired me a lot. Uh, also, for my film, The Bakers of Oriental Gardens, I drew inspiration from um, Murder Ball, this documentary about the Paraplegic US team. That was done by okay. Henry Alex Rubin and Dana Adam Shapiro. As well as, right. I was definitely inspired by the Chinese um, style of documentary filmmaking where it's kind of just like a fly on the wall. You can't just put your camera there and you kind of just let it run. And whatever story right. unfolds, that's the story. So I was I have to say I was definitely inspired by that form of filmmaking and I did utilize it a lot when I was making my own documentary. 
Let's talk a little about the philosophy of filmmaking and the impact that it can make. A lot of filmmakers like to do it, and, and I'm pretty sure part of why Jamaica is so supportive of you is that the images, when we can control our images and the way we're portrayed, we're much more in control of our destiny because media is so powerful. Uh, give us your philosophy of how, when you think about filmmaking and its impact on society in general, what's that like for you? Hmm. That's kind of a tough question. <laughs> Uh, well, as I had mentioned before, I love storytelling, and I think there are infinite stories in the world, and mm -hmm. people, like, life is just really about experiences, and, you know, because without experiences, there's nothing, like, life is just awful, I think. So, um, the importance of telling stories as a filmmaker is to kind of just allow others to experience what they're not able to experience to kind of take to to take them away you know from reality a bit so to just kind of draw them into a world to teach them things that they never would have and i think when you watch films you're able to you're better able to identify with those around you whether or not you know you you learn things you know, and you learn how other people re react to other things. You learn about their histories, their, their their psychology. You learn all of that without, you know, someone saying, hey, I'm going to teach you this now. So by watching movies, I think it helps, it helps you to relate to others on, it, yeah, it helps you to better relate to others. So you can understand people more and you can understand more people, but more different types of people better. As opposed to, you know, you just staying in a in your country, or even if you were to travel, to travel all over the world, you can't travel everywhere in the world, but you can watch tons of movies from lots of different places in you know in a short span of time. So movies definitely, I guess. Um, open your eyes to what is out there, what things you didn't even know were there in the first place. Right. It's an efficient way of, of transporting your culture and other people's culture and to broaden your perspective on living, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, let's yeah. talk a little about your film, The Baker of Oriental Gardens. What inspired yeah. you to make this movie? The Bakers, yeah. Um, what inspired me was, as I said, I, I like to observe. So I was observing. I lived in China for four years, and I would, I would, I had to take the subway a lot and walk around a lot, and I would just observe, you know. And I noticed that I didn't really see many. Um, everyone I saw was mostly able-bodied. I hardly, really, hardly ever saw anyone that was disabled. And I started to think, okay, that cannot be possible because, okay. I mean, they must have disabled persons. So I started to wonder. Well, I did see a few, you know, they were, like, on the streets and were begging. And I was thinking to myself, like, I know in Jamaica and elsewhere, they're, they're able-bodied persons. They they work. You know, they have families. They have lives. Um, you know, they lead fulfilling lives. I want to find some – I want to find – um persons who are disabled who are in China who are leading this kind of life. 
So right. I I set out to find to 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 see if I could find um some persons who fit this description and I did. I found them at the um the Bread of Life Bakery in Hebei. That's a, a province right beside Beijing. And okay. I I had no when I started making the film I didn't have any I had no preconceived notions about what I would or expected to find. I just really wanted to get to know them and get to know their story and to really find out what is life like as a disabled person in China. And so that's where okay. the idea of it just kinda, you know, blossomed from there. Wow, that's why. So, what would you say, the you know, for folks who are eager after we tell them about this, what takeaway message you really want to deliver apart from this a documentary style uh, information? Oh, okay. Uh, well, when I my aim with the documentary was to just show that regardless of anyone's situation, they they're in mm -hmm. charge of their own future. And ah. as long as you give people a chance, you know, they're they're extremely capable of being in charge of their own future. And um uh the movie Murder Ball definitely helped me, inspired me, because I think they were trying to go for a similar message. Um but on a deeper level though, what something which I think I wasn't really going for but what which through living with them at um to through living at the bakery for four months. Something I think which came out in my film was how the similarities that I shared with the women of the bakery in terms of the fact that we both were kind of, um, we had a bit more difficult time integrating into Chinese society. So I think, you know, it's in addition to, you know, being in charge of your own situation, it's also you can find similarities and you can connect with people in ways you didn't know were possible. Well, you had the fortune of spending four years in, within the Chinese culture. What's yeah. the most surprising thing you learned about the culture in that four years um, frame? Well, okay. Well, the thing with that question is that because I lived there for four years, everything now seems normal to me. So Okay. Yeah. So there, initially when I went, um, okay, well, when I went initially, I I was really shocked at how modern China was because all I had watched on, I, I all I knew about China was, you know, book stories I had read or movies I had watched on TV, and all of them were kind of set, were set in the more rural parts of China. Um, mm -hmm. I, I watched the Olympics, the Beijing Olympics, and I was extremely impressed, but, you know, that didn't really show much of the daily life in China. So when I went to right. China and saw like how modern they were and how it, I, I was really I didn't expect them to be such a to be so into consumerism. Um, mm. Yeah, that, I think I think that's what what kind of got to me when I initially got there. Like how how many things you could buy and like it was just like a it was just an abundance of things you could buy. You could buy just like shops constantly just shop till you drop and actually me and okay. all of my friends when we went there for the first semester we ended up spending a whole lot of money because you can just you can just literally just like buy almost everything and it's 
it's re- it's, re- it's reasonable. You know, the cost is reasonable. It's not super expensive. They do have a range of things from, you know, really affordable to really expensive, but it's up to you. And because we weren't used to the um the exchange rate at the time, we just ended up just spending, spending, spending. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that sometimes, so, like, oh, how much? Because I was used to China being, like, more of a traditional culture. Yeah. Right, right. You were immersed in this culture with a pretty mm-hmm. demanding language. Tell us a little about, I, I hear you, you're, you do speak Chinese. Tell us yeah, a little about that, that, that journey for you. Okay, well, I, I, I studied Chinese for two years. When I just went there, I studied for two years because I was supposed to do my master's in the Chinese language originally. Um, in the end, I, I just did it in English. But I studied it for two years. I went to language class. I went every day, Monday to Friday, from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then I would have to study. I would do additional studying for maybe between two and, if I was feeling extremely studious that day, maybe two to five hours each day in addition okay. to class time. And then in addition to that, I would, you know, try and make an effort and go out and speak with people like at the market or anyone I met. So Chinese is one of those languages that you cannot just give a bare minimum or else you will never learn anything. Uh you have to you have to really dedicate yourself to it through like um because it's so different. So when I started learning it for the first two months it's like it was like I couldn't I I couldn't say anything and I got extremely frustrated and I was just like why am I not learning this? I'm not learning it fast enough. And then one day, around after the four-month mark, it just clicked, and I was just able to speak. So Chinese okay. is one of yeah, it's one of those languages where I think you can get frustrated early on, but if you stick with it, it becomes a whole lot easier to learn because your brain gets used to the sentence, the sentence structures, and the characters, and yeah, all of that. Wow. So. You had to learn the language in a different culture, and then to to make a film in that culture. That's pretty. That's a lot, that's a very tall task, and I'm very proud of you, Daniel, for doing that. Um, Thank you. Well, you know what? If you say um, the one thing you've learned, the number one thing you've learned from that experience, what would you say that would be? I would say that if I can make if you if you can make a film in a culture where you don't you don't speak the language or the language is completely different, you don't know many people, you have no family there, and you know the culture is so different. I think and you 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 know come out alive and sane, <laughs> then I think okay. you can do pretty much anything you want to. Like, even if you don't put your mind to it, you can still do it. That's that's what I would say. I took away from that because. There were many, many days I was just like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this day. Um, there was, for example, there was a time when I, I, I didn't know the language well enough to even order food, and someone was trying oh. to help me, and I got, re- and I was like, I want this particular dish, like I want a particular egg and chicken and rice dish, and they ordered it for me, and when I got it, it was a different dish. And I was like, this is not what I wanted. So you know, I was like. I kind of got upset at them, and um, no, normally that's not me. So it does things to you that you just kind of have to. You it really changes your personality, and if you can right. 
manage yourself in that situation, you're good to go for the rest of your life. I think. Right. You've gone through a fire and the baptism and fine came out refined. So, this film, The Bakers of Oriental Gardens, if folks mm-hmm. would like a copy of this fine work, how would they get a copy? Um, well, uh, Is it all contact- available? Well, right now I'm um, entering entering it into film festivals, film festivals right now. Um, So it's not really for sale uh, as yet. Um, But you know they could always contact me if they they really are interested. There's a trailer on YouTube for it. Okay. Um, But yeah, they could always contact me and could work out some arrangements. But right now I'm just trying to really get it into the film film festival circuit. And finally, Danielle, I want you to put on your crystal ball and (laughs) let us get a scope of what you're going to do with this stuff into the future. What can we expect from from you? Okay, well, I plan to become the best filmmaker I can ever be (laughs) become. So I'm I like I love narrative films. So I'm working on a couple. I'm working on a short film right now, actually, um, and okay. I, I keep I um I, I plan to keep writing films, um, initially short films until I get the hang of it. And it is my my dream to you know um, do a, a feature length film one day. Um, I'm also working on another documentary right now about art in Jamaica, so okay. people can look out for that soon. Um, and apart from that, I um, I'm just looking to see how many film festivals I can participate in. Um, I want to just keep keep my educate my film education up. So you know, I'm I've, I I really want to make a a difference in film in Jamaica. So I'm I plan to just keep making films and um. Yeah, I hope to to do some films which are not atypical of what you'd see in theaters, but something that you know is it's, it's something it's, brand new and unique. Right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so to learn about Jamaican diaspora, visit jamaicandiaspora.com. dot com. To learn about Chris Daly, visit digital to growmedia.com and to learn about Danielle Russell visit daniellerussellfilmarts.com we really appreciate spending some time with you bye now thank you bye Look out in the street there. You know what you don't see? My car, because I had to sell it to pay the lawyer I hired when I got busted for drunk driving. You know what else you don't see? My girlfriend, who decided that a guy with no car and no license and no money was no fun. And hey, you know what else you don't see? You don't see me leaving for work in the morning, because I missed so much time with court and everything that I got fired. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
fashion emergency hotline. Help, I've got a hot date tonight and I need to look amazing. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's new Rockstar jeans have built-in sculpt to make your bod look va-va-voom. Tell me more. Right now, all jeans are on sale up to 50% off, including kids' jeans and new men's jeans with built-in flex. 50% off? That's right. I think you and your jeans will be very happy together. Jeans that sculpt at an incredible price? I think I'm in love. Thanks. Don't thank me. Thank Old Navy. Valid 811 to 824. Select styles only.